Yeah. You what to do with this Voice crying out in the wilderness Make the ways of the Lord straight No hills in it Level out the valleys Make plains He's revealed the kids Prophesied by Isaiah He's fulfilling it Spirit of Elijah With the same clothes Killing it Camel hair with the leather belt No frills in it What did you expect to see? Some kind of silkiness? Not a reed bent easily He was built for this Make a ride podcast I'm your host here Starks You can find me on my Twitter handle At Starks underscore industry You can also find me on Instagram One closing hero I'm not here alone. It's actually the White Knight. He's here again. How you doing today, Jacob? White Knight here, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm doing great. I'm uh, you can also find me uh on Twitter at Ain't Done Yet, D-U-N-N-E. Uh I I'd love for you to follow me and ask ask any question. Absolutely. Ask us any questions. We'll definitely get to you guys at a prop time to help you um listeners out with any questions that you may have. Before we get you know, the vehicle started. Uh, We'll talk about the trending news here. A little bit more recent news is coming up as time progresses on since we're getting closer to the preseason, which will be an excellent sight to see. And then we'll talk about um, some ADP uh, rankings that Jacob wanted to throw at me as well as, you know, we'll touch up on some point leagues and a listener question as well as the clutch shot. It's just going to kind of just tie into ending this on a shorter episode in regards to maybe a little bit of fantasy football and some other things. So with that being said, I'm ready to take people on for a ride. So the trending news here that sticks out to me, and I will have to fall on this sword if I'm wrong, but I'm not going to give up on this guy, and it's Malik Monk. He puts on 20 pounds of muscle mass, and I know that I'll eat my crow that I was wrong uh, this past year, and I thought he was going to be a potential breakout player because I had mentioned like, hey, Jeremy Lamb, is the guy uh, that is not for real. And unfortunately, Jeremy Lynn had a good season this past year. And, uh, you know, like I said, I, I ate my crow. Hopefully this year Malik Monk can have an opportunity since Charlotte's going the young route. Jeremy Lamb is gone, and we'll see how things go on moving forward. So I'll pass you the ball there, Jacob. What's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, it's way too early to – it's way too early to label him a bust. I mean, he's 21 years old. It's going to be his third year. And the third year is typically where the player finds his groove and he finds um, all of uh, his habits in the NBA and he starts to figure things out. So, I mean, I think this is a huge year for him in that we can see what he really is. Yeah. So let me steal the ball and actually pass it back to you in a dynasty format. Where would you actually think he's worth, an, you know, an ad or not even an ad, but a draft spot in, in a dynasty format? Um, in a dynasty, I would definitely take my shots late just because he has been underwhelming and I would just rather do a low risk pick. So, I mean, if we're talking a 20 team league, I, you know, I'd probably, uh, I'd probably dabble in the 15th, 16th round, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. And it, it, it sounds like you're still a little hesitant to even touch him, which I can understand yeah. because there's a lot of other players that could be potentially touched. Um, and that aspect, I think that's a fair range that you're touch up, up or excuse me, touching them up on. Uh, for what me, do you think, Starks? Yeah, so I think maybe I would try to get him. I think you said 14, 15, correct? Around that range. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is fair. I would try to actually raise it a little bit higher because I think he might be grabbed a little bit early. So I'm I'm thinking okay. a more spot that I would take him maybe in the 13th round range. So maybe the 130s. And honestly, that still could be a, a tad bit rich 
Mm-hmm. But it's just something of a gut feeling. But at the same time, I will still look at to see who's available. But, you know, that's where we're at here. Um, so we'll move right along. And, and it's a guy that, again, is, is surfacing back up. Mentioned him on the last episode. And it's Dwayne Bacon. Uh, you know, there's mentions on him uh, taking a scoring load. And I see projections out there that he could start for Charlotte. It's just really odd. But, you know, if he is starting or if he doesn't start, whether it's in, you know, the six man or whatever, it seems like he's going to get the minutes. So that's something I'm excited about. Again, he's not going to give you the sexy categorical stats. Points leagues, I think he'll be okay. Um, and I know you're more on the point surface things uh, there, Jacob. What you what you think for him in a points league in particular? Yeah, exactly what you said. I mean, like when he was given a chance to start late, you know, he um, he averaged around like 13 points and uh, two triples and three three uh, rebounds, which, I mean, if he's getting the opportunity in Charlotte right now, I'd say absolutely. I mean, I'd be I'd be all over these young Hornets just because they're going to get a lot of minutes and um, – you know, I'd be careful about those turnovers, but I mean, you know, if he's scoring, then I mean, I mean, that's great for points league. Yeah. And also on top of that is their team of a wasteland team. I'm just hoping to get the right Hornets player. Someone is going to pop there and I I hope that I get the right guy. And it actually segues way to the, it's funny because it seems like we're all talking about Hornets players here. And it's terrible. No, no man, it's Hornets mania. Right. <laughs> so Terry <laughs> Rozier here. They're talking about he's going to average about 34 minutes a game. And I know for the fantasy community, there's a lot of people that are kind of um, the echo or the hype is more on the, the wrong side of things. And I can understand that, uh, you know, just because they were looking for him to surface up when Kyrie was out for a period of time, you know, last year. And it seemed like, you know, T- Terry Rozier, the year prior before that did good starting. But this mm-hmm. this kind of, you know, time around, he didn't look so good. Mm-hmm. And some people are kind of like in, in the community or like just experts are kind of like flavor of the month. And I can understand that to a certain extent because some players may not pop. Right. Some players that, you know, come across to be good or sometimes just kind of fade away. People kind of just get away from that aspect. And I can understand that to a certain extent. I'm a little leery of his situation. I mean, they paid him, I think it was like 53 million. Right. Um, He's not a guy that I'm excited to try to get, but I will say this, I I will attempt to get him in some leagues depending on, you know, where he lands. And, and I know he's, you have to actually grab him around the 60 range at this point in time. I wouldn't want to do that. But it really depends on your situation. And I know that's a, a, a weak comp to say, like, oh, it always depends on where you, you're at. I mean, it is true. But if you, <laughs> you know, basically put me in a circumstance or the situation to make the decision, I will grab most likely someone else. So if I'm able to get Terry Rozier, I want to try to get him after the seventh round. So maybe around the 75th range plus around after that time. So what's your thoughts in general about Terry Rozier there, Jacob? Yeah, I, uh, so so to uh, so to piggyback what you said, he was great uh, two years ago, and then he he made some spot starts for Kyrie, and he kind of underwhelmed. I mean, I remember his stat lines were kind of like what, like uh, he was like two for nine, like eight points, uh, you know, like four assists. I mean, you know, 
you know, and he was getting 32 minutes, but I kind of give him a pass because, uh, you know, it's, I think, I think for him, he's the type of player who he needs to know that he has the keys to the car um, and not just have it be random and be like, oh, okay, Kyrie's going to rest. Oh, I need to get, I need to get like, I need to get like my start. I need to, I need to step, step up my game. So I think now that he has the keys to himself, I think he's actually going to ball out and I am actually thrilled to get him in a points league because he's going to get 34 minutes a game. Um, I mean, I think, uh, I think he's bound to get a bunch of counting stats, like a bunch of assists, a few, a, f- a few uh a, f- a few a few steals here and there and um if i'm not and if i'm not mistaken starks i think you took him uh thinking like the fourth round in our uh in our uh in our dynasty league oh man so you caught me off guard so that sounds rich but actually you know looking at it the 20 man league that we're in it's pretty deep uh i got him i definitely did get him in the fourth round uh, but I got him at the 77th range, and I think that is a really good spot to get him at um, in particular. So if you're playing uh, in like a redraft league, like a 10 to 12-man league, so that would be almost essentially equivalent seventh round. But since we're in the, that, mm-hmm. that dynasty format that Jacob had mentioned in a 20-man league, I feel like that was a pretty good value. And hopefully he carries that value um, into – a potential playoff uh, picture and a potential championship. And if you are willing to pay for Terry Rozier, you would have to be okay punting field goal percentage uh, percentages. And I'm okay with that. So, you know, that's where I have him. Um, So we'll move right along. Oh, did you want to say something, Jake? I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, I was going to quickly say, I think you're banking on in a dynasty league. You are banking on him um, for the next three years because uh, after I think that's that's uh, his contract is a three year contract, and then after that, I mean, who knows what he's going to do? It's gonna it's gonna be all dependent on how he shows out with Charlotte. But you are basically bake you are basically banking on, on the next three years for production. Yeah, it's definitely a risk though. At the same time, too, because again, in a dynasty format, if he doesn't formulate this year, because he has every opportunity in the world this year. And he kind of flats lines. Mm-hmm. That's that's going to suck for me, but hopefully that that's not the case. So you know that is some risk there. So we'll move forward mm-hmm. um, in that aspect. And it's Troy Brown. Uh, he strained or he strained. What is it? I think he strained his uh, left calf, and he's out for four weeks of action. Ooh, a calf strain. That's tough. Yeah, man. So he's not a lock here for the starting uh, night. And it looks like C.J. Miles may obviously – wait a minute. No, C.J. Miles is actually still recovering from a stress fracture. So they're really thin at the three spot. It's going to be interesting. I better not see David Berton start. And I know he kind of plays the four. But it might be Admiral Schofield again hooked on phonics. But if Schofield gets yeah. out there, that might be a little nice opportunity. What's your thoughts on the whole situation with uh, Troy Brown there, man? Yeah, I mean, the Wizards are almost in that what you say the wasteland, you know, you know, like even though like they still have Bradley Beal and they want to compete, um, you know, like Troy Brown Jr. He can't afford to have this injury because he needs to show out uh, in in uh, in the preseason in order to start. So he's letting um, he's letting Admiral Schofield and um, I think they have Maurice Wagner. I, I think he's kind of. I think he's kind of a hybrid uh, 
small forward, um, uh, power forward, and he could take the job from him too. It, you know, he's kind of a mystery to me. You know, I'm wondering about uh, if uh, Mo Wags is going to be able to show out himself. So Troy Brown Jr., this injury comes at the worst time for him. Yeah, this definitely comes at the worst time uh, just because of the season is near. And, you know, that's how it is in fantasy. But, you know, and even in the NBA, but the next person comes up and that's what the potential of someone populating. And that's why I've always mentioned, you know, uh, opportunity. Uh, it knocks on the door for the next person up. And that's nothing to take lightly. Now, again, just because you have the opportunity doesn't necessarily mean that you'll succeed in the NBA, in that realm, or even in fantasy in particular. But um, he, admirable, how about to call him admirable, but Schofield is definitely a guy <laughs> that um, you definitely want to still consider. So, uh, Jacob, I'm going to pass you the ball. I think you had something for me this evening, didn't you? Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, earlier today, um, I was researching, you know, uh, I was researching players' current ADP. And um, I came across a few players I was super curious to get your thoughts on. Um, so I got, I got a few players current ADP in redraft, and I have the players draft position uh, in our 20-team Dynasty League. So I'm just curious your thoughts uh, with Dynasty versus uh, redraft and where you would draft them. Um, so the first player I wanted to bring up is uh, – is the reigning rookie of the year, Luka Doncic. Um, his current ADP in redraft is uh, around the 20 range, which is the end of second. Um, and, well, I'll just get your thoughts on the redraft first before I tell you about the dynasty. Yeah, I'm so I'm having a hard time hearing. It might be my connection, so I do apologize. So I think you were talking about Luka Doncic, correct? Am I, is that my understanding? And yep. Was it yeah. redrafting? What was that? What was the round he's – He's going in right now. So his current his current ADP is at twenty, okay. which which is more like end of the second. Okay. So your question is, do do I think it's worth that pick or that value up there in the redraft league? Yeah. Um, I I look at it like this: in the dynasty, well, in the redraft league, let's hit that first. That's still a little rich for me, and that may be probably not the most popular thing to say. And I know all he needs is his field goal percentage and his free th- his percentages to basically come up. And he can be that type of player. But I don't want to put all my chips in a player in a redraft league if I'm not absolutely sure that I'm going to get that value back. And that kind of reminds me of a player, a player that I actually have a heart for and still do. And that's Donovan Mitchell. You know, last year mm. he had a breakout season the prior year as a rookie. His ADP this past – or excuse me, this past year – was at 15 in Yahoo rankings. And I was looking at it questioning. I'm like, uh, I don't know if I can pull the trigger there. Now I'm not saying he's hmm. the same player as Donovan Mitchell, but that is a, a little bit thing, or it's one of those things that it puts a little cause for me to make that decision to be aggressively uh, trapping him at the 20 range. Now that's a little bit of a, a, a smaller, better value than 15, but I'm going to get my, uh, my surefire player, that I know that's productive in a redraft league that I know that's going to help me anchor to get a championship versus a dynasty format Um, in a dynasty format that obviously he's not going to be there. Um, But if he was, I would absolutely take him. 
Right, right, yeah. Uh, in uh, in our dynasty league, he went seven. So I mean, that's um, and I think you, I think you were saying, I mean, like, there's no way that he lasts until the second round in a dynasty league. But um, going going that early, would you would you think that was that was a good proposition? Okay, so Luka Dantage at seven in a dynasty format, I, I think that is a pretty good spot. And it's really hard for me to say if it's – well, let me – I guess I'll, let me backpedal a little bit. It's really tough. It's, it, it makes sense in a dynasty format on Luka Doncic. But for me, I will maybe look for someone else. And to be honest with you, it's like, well, who would it be? And that's the thing. That's why I would almost still stick with that spot. And that's and I actually remember in this league I, I had that spot and I drafted down. That's funny, or I traded down. That's really funny. Um, right. But he he basically was the he was the spot to get him at. It made sense. So I really can't say because I mean Kawhi Leonard is another guy that comes in mind, but I, I don't want to deal with load management. I, I don't want to touch that with a ten foot pole. Okay. And then you know Joel Embiid, he's young. But I don't, I don't want to deal with that, that you know, the potential headaches. And I know he's losing weight and stuff like that. But so mm-hmm. I guess if if you put me and you put me in a corner and you say, hey, Stars, what decision are you going to make? Stop dancing. I would have to say, Luca, yeah, that's a fine spot. That I'm okay with that. I'm fine with that. All right, all right, all right. That's fair. Uh, yeah. Um. So so it's funny. Uh, you kind of stole my thunder there when you went on about Donovan Mitchell earlier because uh, he was actually third on my list on my list of players but before we get to him we have someone who's going before him in a redraft in dynasty and that's zion williams right a very uh a very just don't know where to draft him just uh so so in redraft his adp is at 25 which is the very beginning of the third round. So it kind of seems like they're taking like, you know, like whoever gets like the back-to-back pick, they're going to make sure they get Zion. So what do you think about that? Ooh, so, I, you know, it's funny. I, I need to get my prep up as far as the mock drafts because I haven't done it, but I've heard so- certain, you know, um, experts talk about, you know, certain spots on players, but I haven't really done a mock, and I think we should do one here pretty soon. Uh, um, but mm-hmm. in the 25 range, and I think you said like more – kind of close to the third round or even on the third round. And are we talk about a redraft league right now. I'm sorry. I missed it. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I, to be honest, and I'm not the biggest, just because I'm not the biggest guy on Zion Williamson doesn't necessarily mean he's not going to be a good player in the NBA. Um, and even in fantasy particular, because he's going to bring some outrageous stock stats um, in, in secret mm-hmm. assists from time to time. And for me, I will. My goodness, I I, I think that's a, I think that's an okay spot, but I'll I'll just be honest. I won't be taking him in in that spot in the redraft league. That's just my my personal opinion. I I wouldn't do it, but I'm I'm okay if you did. Okay, okay, okay. yeah. And uh, in our dynasty league, he went ten, so straight up in the middle. I'm sorry. What was that about the dynasty league? Zion, he went number ten, so straight up, straight up in the middle. Of the draft, who? So of, that's of uh, the, 
of the first round. Yeah, I mean that makes sense in the dynasty. Well, gosh, man, I, I'm giving I'm giving yeah. Zion a hard time. And you said you had him you had him uh, earlier than and then ten in your rank for your thought process, correct? Uh, as far as yeah. dynasty, um, you know, it, 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 I love Zion. Mm-hmm. He he was so much fun watching, but I think I I, I still take a few guys over him um just because of the risk factor like i like to have a low risk draft sure sure hey man it's okay man if you if you really feel froggy and you and you want to leap and grab him earlier that's okay man but i'll tell you this <laughs> right. I, I won't be leaping for him um even in a dynasty format yeah. but it i'll say this i understand for the people are that are fans of the the younger players in the dynasty mm-hmm. format I just like to get the, the for sure fire on players. And and I'm not saying he won't be yeah. uh, this year, especially, you know, the Pelicans offense that is going to be very fast paced. And, mm-hmm. you know, he has a, a lot of, you know, gifts and, you know, it's a, it's a, a different talent to have in the NBA. I think um, him going mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. in the middle of the spot of like 10, I think that's okay. But I, I would still think about, like in that draft in particular, I, I'll say this: I, I actually would take Joel Embiid over Zion Williamson, um, mm-hmm. but you know that's that's my my preference there. And then Embiid is still um, he's still young, but at the same time, you got to keep in mind that I know what I'm going to get with Embiid. I know it's a high risk, high reward, and I know that's Lewis's guy. But I mean, that mm-hmm. I just rather I rather get the player I know for sure. Uh, what production I'm going to get, but I believe Zion Williamson is going to be successful because you're not going to just wake up and not get count or counting stats as far as the stock stats that he'll provide. And I can see him this year would not be surprised if he averaged one and a half in a stock category. So even if he reached one right. and a half steals and one and a half blocks, I would not be surprised. Right. Absolutely, man. Um, so next, next on our list is the aforementioned Donovan Mitchell, and uh, in a, in a redraft, he's going number thirty four, so late third round. I'm jumping all over that in a redraft league, and I and that's perfect. Okay. That is perfect, and I'm glad that's mentioned because this reminds me of a player of a name that you know people are probably tired of me talking about and beating the drum, but it's it's just real. It's Miles Turner comes to mind. You know, a couple mm. of years ago, Miles Turner, you know, he was he was good and everybody was drinking the Kool-Aid and myself, too. I've always been a, a Miles Turner guy or a backer in the sense the the prior year um, he did. He didn't do well. Right. So a lot of people started kind of questioning, like, you know, I don't know. And even this year or this past year, he started out real slow. And I'll tell you this. I remember mm-hmm. he was he wasn't even ranked in the hundreds in the beginning of the season. He was playing that bad, and I tell you what, I kept getting messages like, "Hey, you know," and this is from you know other people as, as well as experts like, "Hey, man, like Starks, man, uh, he's he's just not that good, or he's a scrub," and mm-hmm. you know that's the thing that that comes with the territory of you know putting the predictions out there, but the thing is, I don't just give up on a player, and that's you know sometimes. I will and I'll make mistakes because I'm I'm not I'm not perfect. Everybody makes mistakes, right? When it comes to trying to mm-hmm. analyze on players and stuff of that nature. You know, people had mentioned right. Sabonis being the better big man there. It reminds me of that. So uh going back to Donovan mm-hmm. Mitchell, 
And I know a lot of people were frustrated because I was a, uh, an owner that had him last year. So I understand the frustrations and irritate the irritation that you had. But one thing that um, people need to understand, Mitchell started to progress very late in the season. But at that point in time, it was like, uh, I don't want to deal with it because it's like it's too late at this point in time. But, mm. you know, thinking about this whole situation now, I'm willing to jump on that. Uh, I think that is the actual you're almost cutting coupons at that spot now last year yeah. he was going like i said at the 15 round range uh, i won't be mm-hmm. doing that but i know if i can get him and i you mentioned was that 34 35 i'm sorry what was that spot mm-hmm. so if i can 34 get him just a little bit before that maybe in the 30s if i can squeeze that oh i'm i'm jumping all over that man i agree with you 100 percent um yeah i mean he's i mean he's some he, He's somewhat he's somewhat of a mystery after an incredible rookie year and sort of a subpar second year. But like you said, he turned it on late. So even if the NBA figured him out a little bit, he figured out how to um, how to get back to where he was in his rookie year. So I so I think you're absolute absolutely cutting coupons if you get him in late late third round now. In Dynasty, um, he was taken with the 17th pick, so late first round. Yeah. So, and that's funny that you mentioned that because there are other players, because it makes me kind of think now on the the Trey Young situation, right? So, mm-hmm. if you were to do com- player comparisons, especially right now, and I, I guess we can, I can kind of take that. Um, with a grain of salt and think Trey Young or Donovan Mitchell, I would say easily people would say Trey Young right now. And I, mm. I can say that I'm almost on board with that. I believe in Trey Young also um, for the time being, because the thing and the beautiful thing that I like to do in dynasty uh, dynasty leagues is try to have a draft really early, right after the NBA season, because it really challenges um it, mm. it challenges your metal and it challenges your mind in a whole different spectrum. But um, at the 17 range in a dynasty format, I think that's a decent spot. Um, and I think of someone else that was a compared guard with like Devin Booker, which I'm sure people are going to be higher on with him and higher on with Trey Young. So I'm okay with getting Donovan Mitchell at that spot, even if he's a tier below both of those guys. Those are great points, Starks. Um so this next guy, uh, I don't really know what to do with as far as redraft. Uh, he was the OG, OG <laughs> unicorn by, uh, by the name of Chris Stapps Porzingis. And he's going right after Donovan Mitchell uh, with the 35th pick, so late third. Okay, and I missed that. Who was that, who was that player? I missed it cut out there. Chris Stapps Porzingis. Chris, oh, uh, Porzingis? Yep. Yep. Okay. And what? Which? Which spot was he going? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm having a hard time with this. No, man, you're good. Uh, he's going with the 35th pick, so late third. Ooh, and this is—is is this a redraft league? It is. Oh man. Oof. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That that you really threw a curveball at me. It's risky. Yeah. 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 You, you really hit me there, uh, Jacob. Man. I. Oh my goodness. That <laughs> that is a rough one. Uh. Woo. It's tough. I think you know you put me on a spot, and I and I have to and I have to take the ball and not be afraid because I, I'll be honest with you, I'm afraid right now. <laughs> um, I'll 
no, I'll say you. this. I will pass on him. I will pass the buck just a little bit. But, man, there's so many players that come around that time in the 35 range. And someone that mm-hmm. sticks out in mind, and I know, let's say hypothetically, let's we've got big men there. It's not a bad risk, but I'll say I'll pass on him. If I can get Perzingis, and I know it's a little bit closer, if I was able to get Perzingis in the early 40s, then I think that's a better mm. spot for me. And I, I know that's only a couple of spots, but for me in, in fantasy and I'm drafting the re, uh, redraft league, I want to make sure that every spot that is drafted upon, I want to get the, the best fit for my team. That's fair. I mean, if, you know, if it were me and I was, I was going to pick, like I had like the last pick in the third and then the beginning of the fourth, mm-hmm. it'd be really tough for me to, to, pass on that talent because he could be a league winner but i also think i also think that um that the mavs are going to load load manage him too so that kind of scares me off as well but you know if he shows out at the beginning i think there's a chance that they will take the training wheels off and let him play yeah and let me also steal the ball on top of that i'm glad you you mentioned load Mm -hmm. management that's and I didn't even mention that because that's the only thing that sticks out so much in my mind. And you're right. They, they could mm-hmm. potentially take the training wheels off them coming into the season. Um, and they, you know, they do well, but I'll tell you, man, like the injury is a concern um, still. And then at the same time, I definitely can see him taking load management closer to the end of the season. And I would not be surprised. And, even in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm thinking about is, is aiming towards playoffs. But, mm. you know, that's not a bad risk. So uh, that's where I'm at with that. So he could possibly be like a good, like, se- like a good, like, sell, sell high candidate, maybe like, oh, yeah, mid season with that. Oh, risk. yeah. So in a, in a redraft, especially in a redraft format, it, I'll see how my team is formulated. So if I need the blocks and, and mm-hmm. I need a big man, then I might still hold on to him. But if I mm-hmm. don't, and I have some other big men, and then maybe I cut a coupon and get a, a good big man that surfaces up mm-hmm. uh, that I got at a value that I don't, at that point in time, don't need Perzingis anymore. Oh, yeah, I would sell high. That is absolutely true there, Jake. I would actually try to trade him and get something uh, beneficial on my team that something else I might need. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, in our dynasty league, he went at number 27. So uh, in the middle of the second round, I think that's a good spot in the dynasty league. Uh, honestly, I, I'm, I'm really good with that. I, I have no gripes about that at all. And honestly, I, I believe that's in my personal opinion, I believe that's a steal. And, and that's really realistically mm. a coupon cut there because going, I think from going back to that, it was either him or Jaron Jackson. And Exactly. I was going to ask you. Oh, go you. ahead. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's what you that you were stuck between them two. I was going to ask you, like, would you take him over a Jaron Jackson Jr. in Dynasty or like a Wendell Carter Jr.? Um, that, or I think uh, Clint. Oh, go ahead. I'm Clint sorry. Capella went right after too. What was that last part? I'm sorry. And uh, Clint Capella went after him, and Mar- and Miles Turner. So. Out of all those big men, would you still take Porzingis over those Oof. guys or not? That is a good question there. Um, in a dynasty format, I still the, – the the highest ceiling of all of those players, and I know some people could be like – it could be Wendell Carter Jr., it could be Triple J. 
honestly, I mm-hmm. still love the ceiling of Przingis. I I, I still love yeah. it, and uh, I if you like I said, putting those players at I'm Clint Capella, you can X him out. He's a he's a decent player, but I'm I'm not really um a, just because he's not my guy doesn't necessarily mean it, it shouldn't be any of the listeners. It's just I don't I prefer some other sure. type of big man, and he's just okay for me. Uh, as far as Miles Turner. Here, here's the shocking thing that I'll mention. Although I'm the biggest Miles Turner backer, I'm not all over him this year. Um, even though, and mm. I draft him in, in this dynasty league, but I'm not the biggest person on him this year. But I've, I'm still going to have love for him. Um, but sure. let's see, Wendell Carter Jr. Man, that's another guy that I remember speaking about before the season started, and I just loved the opportunity that he had, and he did flourish before he started getting injuries. I love his ceiling. Mm-hmm. Do I think? He'll be better um, than Porzingis in that, like in a dynasty format. I, I still like the unicorn there, man. I'm I'm still going Porzingis, man. And now, as far as Triple J goes, yeah. that's where it gets very difficult for me. That's that tough. is very tough. And I'll tell you like this, Jacob. I'm pretty sure if I was to put a poll up there, most people in the fantasy community would easily say Triple J in a dynasty format, mm-hmm. especially with mm-hmm. the Grizzlies offense that they plan on implementing a faster paced offense. But between the two, mm-hmm. it's really close. Oh, man. If I have to – basically, I'm flipping a coin, but if the coin that I'm flipping right. is that is heads, then it's slightly Triple J in that spot. But I'm going to be honest with okay. you. I still want Przingis on my team in a dynasty format. Absolutely, man. It's a coin flip for me as well. Um, I'm going to lean towards Porzingis just because of what we saw in his first two years. But – Triple J is going to be a monster, so it's definitely it's definitely a coin flip. Um, last guy I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, is Lowry Markinen. Now, I I for one am a huge fan. I think I think I think he he is Dirk Light. Um, <laughs> I remember I was talking to one of my buddies who is a casual Bulls fan, and he had never heard of him. I was like are you serious? Like, I think like (laughs) he's got next, you know? Um, now that may be, that may be just me and he might just be like, uh, my guy, but I wanted to see what you thought in, in a redraft, he's going with pick number 39, which is the very beginning of the fourth round. And what pick was that in the fourth round? 39. Mm -hmm. The very, very beginning. And yeah, I was cutting off there. So yeah, in the beginning of what? I'm sorry. The beginning of the fourth round with pick number 39. 37? Is that what I heard? 39. 39. Okay. Uh-huh. And is that is this a redraft league we're talking about here? Yes. Okay. So I I I do like Lori Marketing. This is where we're gonna mm-hmm. be a little bit different on. And I I am a big fan okay. of him. The thing with okay. him is the Chicago Bulls, and I love the three-point potential that he brings. Like you said, the, the Dirk mm-hmm. light, that, that's hilarious that you mentioned that. Um, he can <laughs> occasion, occasionally get you blocks from time to time vaguely, but I like the, right. the, the, the basically the – what am I trying – the value, the value uh, that he shoots three-point pointers. And then obviously the, the free throw percentage is going to be fine. The right. Bulls' offense is very odd to me, and uh, it, hmm. it, it reminds me of like you got Wendell Carter Jr., you got Laurie Marketing, you got you got Zach Levine, Otto Porter, Otto Jr. Porter Jr., 
Um, Zach Levine, like you said. And yep. Then, and True. then another player, I'm going to – it hooked on finest guys. Daniel Gafford, I think I pronounced that right. So that's yep. a rookie that could get some time and I think, you know, needs to be highlighted on real quick, especially in a dynasty format. If he gets if he gets opportunity, he's going to be good, guys. But um, Lori Marketing, I, I hope that they make sure that they use him. And what I mean by mm. that is Zach Levine is a usage hog uh, on that team. Right. And a lot is, is basically focused on him. I want to see more of Laurie Marketing and Wendell Carter Jr. on the court mm. all, at the same time and see how they do together. Now, going back to the question as far as the redraft goes at 39, I would honestly, I would, I need to get, I don't think that's a good spot. I would rather get him in the fifties or even the sixties between that range, because I believe there would be other players that come to mind in the redraft league. Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, in a dynasty league, he went around the same time uh, at pick number 37. So like in the late second round, Late second round. Okay. So I, I look at some of these players that I think that's a, that's an okay spot. Now this to me is, where we need to focus on as far as dynasty formats when you get a player like this at 37 and again it's just it's preference here you can either go young Mm -hmm. you can go like kind of you know between there's a lot of different styles that's the beautiful Mm -hmm. thing about dynasty formats if i were to if i were to get him there uh, i would honestly be looking to build my team very young essentially so Mm -hmm. if you're going that route to play the long game that looks more of a three to five year window and uh i'm i'm that's not a bad spot to be honest with you i i think that's a that's an okay spot but i i can look at some other players i'm sure that maybe i'm hoping maybe john collins is around at that time Mm. or someone else that you know comes to mind is well obviously mitch robinson's not going to be there and it's funny because i i'm not big on Mitch Robinson, but you know, that's what it is. But mm-hmm. someone like John Collins, I would rather have. And it's kind of funny uh, because, Oh, go ahead. Funny. You mentioned that because John Collins went, went right after oh, him. Did he? Okay. Wow. He did. So between them two, I mean, Lord marketing, I love the three pointers. So if you're okay, mm-hmm. you know, you can get three. We, if you don't know now, you know, you can get three pointers from the free agency. You can stream it. But to be honest with you, you're still getting the high value from a big man. And I think that's a rare case. And I'm okay with him being there. It's really, as far as John Collins is, although I'm not a big fan of John Collins, I think for a value standpoint and cutting coupons, I think that's an okay spot for him. So if Lord Marketing went there, that's okay. But I think I would actually go John Collins just because of the report. But again, it was a tough situation because, you know, this draft happened way before a lot of reports came out, especially the coaches, you know, put it in our heads now that they're going to run John Collins and Trey Young 35 plus minutes a game with that fast paced offense. So that wasn't even out. Yet. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. Well, um, I think that's, uh, that's all the guys I have for you now, but um, I look forward to, uh, future podcast uh bringing on some different players and if any of you out there have a specific player that you want us to mention or to see our thoughts on please please uh uh tweet at us absolutely absolutely and actually here jacob there was a question from a listener here 
and this is tailored towards you because I know you, you, you're pretty well-mannered, <laughs> well-mannered and really well when it comes to points <laughs> leagues. And this question yep. is uh, from a listener. He asked, where do you think LeBron James ranks in a points league? Where does he rank in a points league? I mean, it all depends on your scoring setting, but um, I still think I still think you take him top ten. I mean, you know, I mean, like that's a talent. I mean, he's uh he he's hungrier than ever, and he might he might get he might get a game off or two, but he doesn't really want to do that. I think I think he'll fight he'll fight the coaches on it. So I still think you take him um, in in. Uh, right around like late first round if you can you know if he if he drops in the second that's a steal i mean i think he's i think he's i think he's still going to be a high usage player and his assists are only going to bump which is which is gold in in a points league yeah and then i missed that part what what spot do you think is fair i missed that i'm sorry I think I think you can take him around like the ten to twelve area, you know, like. Okay, that's that's I think that's that's yeah. pretty good there. So, man, so LeBron James, man, this this guy is. Hopefully, he sticks around for a few more years, and actually longer than that, because I, mm. it's looking like he's taking care of his body, which he does well, and I like to see him play. You, this would be interesting if he somehow plays up to his forty. That would be really fun to see, you know. It, it, yeah. Whether you're a LeBron fan or not, it, it's going to be kind of hard to see him when he retires, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you heard, but he has this goal of playing, playing with his son. Oh, I didn't hear. Um, that. Yeah, and uh, and they said by the time his son has has finished his freshman year of college and enters the NBA, I think. LeBron will be exactly 40 or 41. So, you know, he has that goal. So he has even more fuel to take care of his body so that he can one day play with his son, which would be really cool to yeah, see. Yeah, that would definitely be cool to see. I, I bet you it's going to be so cool that LeBron's going to have the power to have him drafted to his, his team and so they can play together. I wouldn't be surprised at that. Right? <laughs> so, that too, right. right so, uh, Jacob, if you can, you know, kind of segue into the next section here when it comes to points leagues. Do you have something that you want to inform the listeners here, man? Absolutely. Absolutely. When it comes to points league, I mean, it it is a lot, a lot easier than doing an eight cat or nine cat just because, you know, where you really had to make sure you got like a player who, who got perfect like field goal percentage, free throw percentage, who can do like a little bit of everything. Whereas like I say that the players, the players on the Hornets, they become relevant just because they're going to get a lot of minutes. They're going to get a lot of either, you know, like points, even if their field goal percentage is off, that doesn't matter here. As long as you're getting points and you're getting counting stats, I mean, you need to get those players who you know are going to get a lot of minutes who can, who can produce. Um, so I think it's really like keep in mind those turnovers, but if that's an efficient player who can, you know, who can score, who can get steals, assists, who can block shots. I mean, like that's important. Um, I will say a little cheat code. I mean, you definitely want to grab 
big men early just because you know in in most most in most points leagues blocks are worth like three points if not more so i mean you're going to want to get those blocks and then the rebounds are like 1.2 to whatever your league is so i mean like get those big men because they are gold yeah and let me ask you a question on top of that real quick that was good feedback for the listeners there what is typically can you give us a little bit of the default settings when it comes to points leagues on uh yahoo or espn do you know the default settings by any chance on hand or yeah so usually uh a default a default scoring setting on yahoo um they do points scored, uh, rebounds, assists, steals, block shots, and turnovers. Um, points scored is only worth one. Uh, rebounds is 1.2. Assists, 1.5. Steals, three points. Block shots, three points. And turnovers, negative one. So keeping that, keeping that in mind with the steals and the block shots, that's where, like, that's where, like, the big men come in. And, like, let's say MB he blocks a lot of shots and steals. Um, and then since assists are worth 1.5, I mean, that's why LeBron is still going to be a viable asset and to no. take in the late first round just because he gets those assists. He gets those – he gets like a few steals here and there. He's starting to slow down his defense a little bit, but he still gets those rebounds, assists, and points, and that's – and that's exactly what you want. You know? Yeah, so absolutely. So definitely when it comes to points leagues, that changes the value on LeBron to even takes a nice little boost there. And that's that's awesome to hear. So for this clutch shot this evening, morning, afternoon, wherever you may be. Um, actually, because we, we went longer than I expected. I uh, appreciate you guys are still tuned in. Just wanted to right. you know let the listeners know. Um, I'm working on something that uh, it's going to be innovative and um, Jacob has definitely the white knight has definitely helped out um, <laughs> in, in, in a massive way. So I, I definitely appreciate you there, brother. Absolutely. Um, brother. So I'll keep, you know, the listeners in tune and informed. So just be prepared for something uh, different and simple as the before the season starts. So just something that, you know, I want to give you guys a heads up on. It'll be very interesting and, like to you know get feedback as you guys continue to listen to the podcast appreciate you and i guess one more thing and actually let me pass you the ball do you have a clutch shot i I never even asked you that i'm sorry there jacob what do you have a clutch shot for the listeners today man oh man my clutch shot is you know i really appreciate everyone that's listening um i know i know that you all just want to hear starks here because (laughs) he's the expert and he has great advice and that's why I listened at first, you know, and um, it's just such an honor for me to join him and to have you guys, have you guys listen to me. I mean, it's an honor and I'd really, I'd really love to hear back from you guys at least, you know, uh, over Twitter or just, you know, if you message Starks and, and have him ask your question to me, I mean, I love it guys. So please, if you want to reach out to me, I'm on, I'm on Twitter at ain't done yet and done is spelled D U N N E. I would love for, I would love to chat. I'd love to answer any questions or just shoot the breeze guys. Thank you so much for listening. Really. Thank you. And it's humbling to have you on. I, I appreciate you joining here, Jacob. Absolutely. So, you know, for the listeners out there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
You can find me on my Twitter handle at Starks underscore industry. You can also find me on Instagram, One Closing Hero. Ask me any questions. And if you need to ask me a question to run through Jacob, he specializes definitely in points. Um, reach out to me and I'll, I'll message him and um, or just reach him, obviously, at that point. So you guys have a good evening, morning, afternoon, and take a ride. Thank <laughs> you.